Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. If you're a prosecutor and you ask someone in the jury if they have a problem with the drug laws, what the hell were you thinking? Hi, this is your host Dave Bledsoe and this is a Friday, October 16th, 2015. I was going to vote to acquit, but then I got high edition of the show where we talk about how stoned you need to be to understand the drug laws in America. The What the Hell You Thinking podcast is brought to you this week by Sir Tokes a Lot. Sir Tokes, the premium weed delivery service in Manhattan. For 33 years, Sir Tokes has delivered smokes to New York City. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, rain or shine, we bring you your weed. Our fast, friendly weed delivery dudes will be at your door in 30 minutes or less with your order or your next Chiba is free. Want to know how to get a hold of Sir Tokes? Head on down to Washington Square Park, walk in the Southwest entrance, stop by the third chess table on the right and ask Tony. He knows. It doesn't matter if you need a little or a lot, Sir Tokes has got your pot. If you would like to sponsor the show, you have smoked yourself retarded. License and registration, please. But I, I just gave you it, officer. License and registration. You know how fast you were going? Uh, 65? 63. I'm freaking out, man. You are freaking out, man. You want to know why I pulled you over? Littering. Oh, officer, that, that's not ours. Candy bars. Littering and? Littering and? Uh, and, uh... Littering and littering and littering and littering and littering and littering and smoking the reefer. Now to teach you boys a lesson, Officer Rabbit and I are going to stand here while you three smoke the whole bag. Please no. This week found me down at my old stomping grounds at the Manhattan Courthouse, where surprisingly I was not being sued for child support. For the last time, I don't know your mother, and I never even went to a Sugar Ray concert, okay, Todd? Sugar Ray, seriously. If I knocked up your mom in a Lilith fair, sure, but Sugar Ray, there's no fucking way. You know, no, I was back because I had jury duty, having magnanimously slofted off last summer for the many good reasons, the biggest is which was my employer at the time wouldn't pay me to go, and... I didn't really want to lose the money. Now I've got this other job that's willing to fork out a couple of bucks for a guy doing a civic duty, and I thought, yeah, fuck it, I can wait this waste a couple of days. I'd no more than taken off my shoes and pulled my binky from my bag when the clerks were calling me down the hall to a courtroom along with 60 of my closest friends. And from 60, 20 were chosen, and... If my ass wasn't sitting in the fucking jury box. Now, normally, this is the kind of case which I'm not allowed to talk about details, but 
you might infer from the topic of this week's show that it wasn't a murder trial. The judge even straight out told us that it would be no big deal. It would be like a three-day trial because, you know, a person's life is really just something you want to kind of get out of the way as fast as possible. All I had to do was keep my mouth shut and ride the whole thing out, and I could have had an easy, like, five-day weekend. But if you've ever listened to the show, and chances are you haven't, you know that that's just not going to happen. Because I got this crazy idea that when people ask me a question, I don't like to lie about the answer unless the answer was knocking up someone's mom at a Sugar Ray concert in 1999. I knew it! Shut the fuck up, Todd! I I had the jury questionnaire, and I told the truth. I've been a cop in a past life, and a good chunk of that cop work involved drug and addiction investigations because every cop's work involves drug interdiction and investigations. All the police officers know that the drug problem in America... I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud! The sweet, leafy, green kind bud, because you know Fife was on the shit. He was hitting a pipe like no tomorrow. I'm sorry, I got distracted again. And later, when the prosecutor asked if anyone in the jury had a problem with the drug laws, I raised my hand and I stated clearly, for the record, my opinions on how the drug laws are in America. And I'm going to quote myself here. Well, now, that is some fucked up shit. The judge was pretty quick to cut me off, stating that my views, however progressive, were basically what everyone in the urban Northeast thought that our drug laws should be, which, obviously, I said, well, that doesn't that just beg the question? <laughs> sorry, sorry, look, Jesus, I know I used it wrong. That's not what beg the question means. God, you people are just... Ugh. No, if everyone thinks that the drug laws are unfair, racist, and futile, why the fuck am I sitting in a courtroom being asked by a judge to to decide the guilt of a person charged under those very same racist, futile, and unfair drug laws? Legally, I'm not allowed to divulge any details about the case, but honestly, I didn't even really get any details. And what are the odds that the judge is one of my multitude of listeners? There are dozens of us. Dozens! So, you know what? Fuck it, dude. He was guy, the guy was busted for selling heroin to another cop, an undercover cop. Three little glassine bags. I mean, clearly, we are talking about a major fucking kingpin. Now, I haven't bought heroin and well forever because seriously that shit scares me and it just sounds so great but i'm guessing that the street value of that heroin is jack and shit but here's this kid on trial for felony possession and distribution based on nothing more than an undercover buy and i'm thinking something is fucking going on here because no one is stupid enough not to cop a plea or turn evidence for lesser charges on such a small amount of heroin of course i could be wrong i was vordired right out on my ass before i learned anything about the case because no lawyer wants anyone who knows how the sausage is made sitting in that jury box it fucks everything up ignorance is not only bliss it's essential when it comes to the legal system and the legal system is so fucked up because back in 1973 drugs were everywhere man you could get smack in like the 7-eleven And something, something had to be done. So New York State wrote and passed what came to be called the Rockefeller Laws because I hear that they were actually written in a studio in 30 Rock for a cop show that was never produced. Mm, mm, mm. Just need a little bit of water. 
Uh, I'm sorry, my producer is telling me that uh, it's called the Rockefeller Laws because they were signed by Governor Nelson Rockefeller, who thought he could be president. And those laws, the Rockefeller Laws, introduced the harshest penalties for the sale of anything more than two ounces of dope that had ever been done before. These penalties started at 15 years for two ounces of dope going up to 25 to life. That's not a crime of violence. It's not like, you know, you were had drugs and you were selling them and you shot another drug dealer. That's just for having two or more ounces of dope on your person and getting caught trying to sell it. A few years ago, New York lifted the mandatory minimums from those laws, but the core of them, I mean, you're still getting a shitload of time for a very little crime. The upside, of course, is that these very, very harsh drug laws, which spread all over the country, have completely eliminated the illegal street drug trade. What is really so funny is to me, at least, is how the advent of the drug war created this mythology of drugs that looms so large in our psyche. I mean, human beings have been doing drugs since the first time Ook stood in a patch of pot when a wildfire blew through. So what is it that happened in the 1970s that made America lose their collective shit over people getting just a a little fucked up? Man, is that Freedom Rock? Yeah, man. Well, turn it up, man. Oh, that's right. The 60s happened. Oh, all those dirty hippies made people get really upset about drugs. Or was it something else that happened in the 60s that made people really upset? Our forefathers weren't the pilgrims. We didn't land on Plymouth Rock. The rock was landed on us. Oh, that's right. That thing happened, too. If you don't think that the drug laws were conceived, written, debated, passed, and enforced as a direct response to, one, the fact that white people thought that African Americans were getting just a little bit big for their britches now with all this freedom stuff, and that black people were the source of the, quote, drug problem, unquote, America. You don't have to be Ta-Nehisi Coates to put two and two together, and the sad thing is, is that shit worked. And let's talk about some cold, hard truths here for a minute, because by percentage, way more white people buy drugs, use drugs, and sell drugs than minorities. That's because, you know, first of all, there are a lot more white people. Somehow, though, black offenders make up 45% of the prison population incarcerated for drugs compared to 30% for whites. And you may not have noticed, you may not have noticed, depending on where you live, or if you're like in like Oregon or Washington or Idaho, but black people only make about 15% of the population in America compared to white folks slipping 63%. And when you look at those numbers... They don't add up. And there's only one reason that this is the case. And I just want to say for all of us straight white guys, we're so sorry. We're truly sorry. And we realize we suck. One of the great joys that I have doing this podcast is finding a drop that was made by a misogynistic, racist, or homophobic asswad like that guy and using it to throw his own words back in his face. 
Through the history of the United States, immigrants and minorities have dominated the illegal trades through necessity rather than inclination, despite what dumbass, sucky-ass white people think. When you're pushed out of competing for real jobs, you wind up on the fringes and you take whatever it does that comes along that gets you money. It's, it was that way when the Irish arrived, when the Italians arrived, and it's always been that way for black people who've always been here, except, you know, most of the time they were in chains. And here's another shocker. Poor people sometimes like to escape from reality because their reality sucks. And you know what? When they look for an escape, sometimes they do it through illegal drugs. Hey, and let's talk about sucky-ass poor people way down yonder in the land of cotton. Poor white people are popping oxy. Oxycute pimples with oxy pads. Watch through the microscope as oxy's powerful medicine breaks up zit breeding oil so you can wipe it out of existence with your oxy pad. Oxycute them. I'm sorry, I, I believe that's the wrong oxy. Uh, we're talking about oxycotton, which poor white people are popping like their Tic Tacs in their grandma's purse, which they've also stolen so they can go out and buy oxy. Prescription drug abuse and theft is rampant, and still, enforcement efforts are being thrown at interdicting the flow of drugs from South America or doing low-level drug arrests in cities where small-time dealers are bearing the brunt of all of that drug enforcement. It's an incredibly effective way to keep minorities off the streets and in prisons where they, you know, they're safely away from your women. Hell, I'm not even talking about pot arrest. I mean, come on, arresting someone for selling pot is like arresting someone for selling Girl Scout cookies. Mean-spirited and pointless because Edna, down in accounting, has 30 boxes and is always looking to help you score. Edna has been, oh, she's the source for Samoans. You tell her Dave Center and she will hook you up, man. Arrest for drugs like heroin and cocaine are somehow considered more necessary than pot arrest because heroin and cocaine are highly addictive and prone to destroying people's lives when they're abused because there is nothing out there that is both highly addictive and destroys lives and yet is somehow completely legal it's not at all like it's you could get it almost as easily as you can get tap water and taste remarkably similar nope there's nothing out there that i can think of off the top of my head which is just as bad as heroin or cocaine probably even more damaging just nothing comes to mind I am willing to admit that the effects of heroin or cocaine and particularly meth are more deleterious than smoking a bowl of Chiba and falling asleep while watching NCIS reruns on Netflix. Oh, Gibbs, you're so sexy. And that those addictions should be treated, but there's also a certain truth that says some people don't want to be helped. Some people just want to get fucked up and be left alone. And you know what? Those people are going to get their drugs no matter what. So why are we inflicting the criminal justice system on the buyers or the sellers? It's time we got out of the business of criminalizing shitty life choices, all right? If you want to do that, it won't be long before someone shows up and Starsky's and Hutch's my door for wasting my life on this shitty goddamn podcast. There were so many ways to go for the 70s TV show for reference for this podcast, but I could not imagine anything other than the hip, 
funky, fresh disco flavor of Starsky and Hutch. When I die, I want to be reincarnated as Huggy Bear. Is it possible to be reincarnated as a fictional black television show guy in the 70s? Is that heaven? There are millions of reasons why people do drugs, and most of them, I admit, they're bad. And whether you're getting stoned on the reefer or shooting horse in a burned-out Taco Bell on La Cienica or drinking a bottle of whiskey while talking to yourself in a terrible Manhattan basement apartment, they're all universally awful and awful for the person doing them. But damn it, if they're not hurting anyone, can we just leave me the fuck alone, Mom? We've all got something we want to get away from, and we all have a different means to escape. The daily life of a human being is not exactly a swell place to be for most of us. And even those of us who have it all sometimes find ourselves lapsing into a coma in a Nevada whorehouse. Damn, dog. In a probes. I promise you the day will come when I get tired of that drop. It's just that today is not that day. And you know what? I can think of a lot worse places to lapse into a coma than a high-end cat house in Nevada. I passed out in some shitty, shitty whorehouses in my day, and I could only dream of someday lapsing into a coma in a place where they actually call an ambulance instead of just steal your wallet and roll you in a gutter behind the whorehouse. What I'm trying to say here is that drugs are just one of the methods we have to escape, and I really don't see that they do any more damage than the other common methods humans in the 21st century choose. And I'm not just talking about the booze and the food, I'm talking about all the ways that we duck out on reality. The endless hours of fake reality killing creatures that never existed with people you've never met, and you call them your friends. Some people like to have an imaginary friend who tells them that they'll live forever and you are so special, you are chosen above all others. You know that imaginary friend I'm talking about. Or how the reality of your shitty life and shitty job is somehow connected to brown people. Or how about spending money on a tiny cardboard chit with some random numbers on them in the expectation that those random numbers will match up with some other random numbers and suddenly you will be obscenely rich. There's no moral difference between those escapes from reality and tying off your vein and shooting your body up with a cocktail of chemicals designed to give your brain cells the best wet sloppy BJ they've ever received. God, I really want to try heroin sometime. But we're not locking up gamers or the god-botherers or the racist or the lottery players, and we're not locking up the dealers who supply their fix. Why are we locking up the far more open and honest trade of those who peddle a simple, direct method for living in a world unconnected with reality only because the method is external chemicals instead of self-delusion? Why are we spending billions of dollars trying to destroy the cartels who dominate the market with guns and laws when we could simply skip all that legalize everything, and tax the shit out of it. The only problem is is that in 20 years, the big corporations will get over thinking that drugs are icky and they'll dominate the market. And really, is Big Pot and Big Coke any worse than Big Pepsi and Big Coke? The two other companies that make a product that is horrible for you, but I don't see Coke dealers in 7-Eleven being locked up because they're pushing a super-duper big gulp with enough sugar and shit to float a goddamn fleet battle group. But at the same time that I'm talking about this, the two largest alcohol conglomerates in the world, a product who's so adulterated and weak that it looks and tastes the same going in 
as it does coming out, are talking about merging into one sort of mega shit beer producer. But we're still locking up low-level drug dealers on charges of providing a product that people volunteer to consume without millions of dollars in advertising during a children's game played by grown-ass men whose only existence of the game is primarily an excuse for fat grown-ass men to consume the very product they're shilling. I'm just looking for a little consistency here, people. Just looking for a little common sense so that when you ask me, Your Honor, if I have a problem with sitting on a drug case, I say yes. Yes, I do. Get back to me when you want me to sit on a trial for the crappy reality that makes people need to get high. I will happily vote to convict. Until then, leave me alone, and for God's sake, someone get me a new bottle of Jameson. This one is almost three quarters full. I can almost feel myself think right now, and no one here wants me to do that. That is it for the show this week. We start, as we always start, so often by thanking the band Hypnostate for providing the theme for the show. You can find their work on Jamendo.com. Does anyone else notice that Jamendo sounds a lot like Jameson? Mm. Mm. Jameson, that legal drug that makes me happy. We thank you for taking just a little taste, and we will see all of you on the comeback, because we always see you on the comeback. You can see little Ray Ray down on the down on the block, or you can just go to iTunes and Stitcher. Whatever high-grade podcast shit is sold in your town, we're there. You can subscribe, you can rate, you can review, you can smoke that shit up with us on Twitter, at the hell underscore podcast. Find us on Facebook, and score some of all the shows at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. So for myself, Dave Bledsoe, and all the fiction, fictional junkies and pushers on this show... We like to remind you that when you, you like to watch the sun go down or just want to watch the world go round and round, have you ever not been high as fuck? We'll see you guys next week. You're in the bathroom mirror talking to yourself And your dog's looking at you like you need help Have you ever been high as fuck? Then you feel your heart pumping really fast And you're convinced that you're gonna have a heart attack Have you ever been high as fuck? You close your eyes and you're on a chicken farm The only problem's that the chickens have human arms You say that's fucked up, why do the chickens have human arms? You need snacks so you walk to the corner store But you're scared because you think that they will know you're high So you walk around the block to buy some time You finally decide to go in the store But you're so high you don't know why you're there anymore So you just buy a pack of gum and get the hell out of there You're walking home you should have bought some juice and snacks, but you were too high. Thinking about ketchup chips, and for some reason, the game Battleship. You start thinking about how fun it was to play games like Battleship when you're how as we get older we forget how to play and just to enjoy ourselves 
So you say, guess what? I'm going to make up a game right now. Seltzer Kings. Podcasts.